Welcome to the Draft Doctors Podcast. Your home of weekly draft content. Now here's Steve, Jono, Cam, and the Statesman. G'day everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Draft Doctors. I'm your host, Stevie Fears. Many are saying this pod is going to be bigger than the redux of Blink-182. Cam, that news broke the internet. My God, people, this is like this generation's Beatles. That's right. Uh, This is, you know, three people who are going to come out to Australia and, uh, you know, have more chance of doing a kickflip than Stato here. So, good good to see. And are you going to go? Oh, fuck no. I saw, um, this is how old I am. I saw Blink-182, Unwritten Law, and uh, Body Jar, who I used to skate with, for 20 bucks at the Palace. What? 20 bucks? I'm not paying 150-something bucks to see these clowns. Come on. You got to go. Come on. I'm old as shit. I'm not going to anything. Well, and so this is the thing, right? So me and a bunch of mates are definitely going. And we're what? like, why? Why not? Like, how, how often do, you, do we go to, like, see a gig these days? And we're like, and I, I haven't seen Rise Against either. I'm pretty keen to see them. But um, we were kind of <laughs> looking at the special package. There's, like, a, different ticket options. And my special package is just so indicative of how old we've gotten and how sore our knees are. It's starts with canapes. <laughs> <laughs> That's punk, man. That's punk. super punk. <laughs> but they were never punk, right? No, pop they punk. Were, they were bitch pop. They were bitch pop. Like, it's just, <laughs> just the loop. We, anyway, whatever. It's good fun. Good fun. Um, yeah, and uh, sorry for and my so sound. You're going for the, going for the canapes. Going for the canapes. Well, and, we're in now. How yeah. can I turn this down? Well, for sure. Now it's like, oh, and, and I get to hear the, the, you know, soothing tones of Tom DeLonge. Did you? Yeah, and when I saw them, it was the original drummer. Oh yeah! Wow, that is yeah. that's a long time. That's a long time, right there. That is, that's it. Yep. Travis Barker's is pretty legit, though. All right, yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> anyway, it was Trey's Jono. He's going to join us at some point uh, at this during the show, but we'll be reviewing the second part of the trades uh period part trades week part two electric boogaloo uh where all the big names uh happened where i imagine blink 182 will be closing out their set with all all the hits like m&ms and uh damn it and others yes yes correct yeah so um gunston first off the rank gunston went to brisbane uh he kicked the 17 is that 17 games can't be 17 goals 17-something, is 31, 16 games, average 60 Dream Team and 71 Supercoach. You'd have to imagine a happier landing spot for a goal-kicking forward cam. I mean, I actually think it's it's pretty good for him in game, like certain games. They're going to have a... They've picked up Dunkley in the midfield. They've got um, some young talent through there to give good delivery, and he's got... Two key forwards that are going to take the best defenders. I actually think it's not the worst place for him to land. Yeah, I I don't mind it either. And I, I think in a supercoach, especially format, yeah, uh, you pick him up as your last forward, and you probably get a serviceable return. Yeah, I think it's completely fine. Like, yeah, not much on the hawk side. It's just misery. Yeah, just sadness. Like overall Absolutely. sadness. Yeah, could could. Kaczynski? No, Kaczynski. Is it? Yeah. Nah, Mitch Lewis. Lock it in. Jakob. Yep. Oh, yeah. Jakob. (laughs) We already talked about Javier last week. It's amazing that team doesn't look bad. And then uh, we'll get to what they did. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Anyway, they've made their decisions. That's fine. Uh, So the next trade was actually Grundy to Melbourne. He played the six games. Average 93 Dream Team and 103 Supercoach, and he just had that massive stinker against Brisbane. So aside from that, the scores were fine. He just got injured, and then Collingwood went, no, we don't need you. Mm. Fuck out of here. You don't. What are you? We just signed you to a massive deal. We don't want you in our team. In I, I can't believe it, Cam. I really struggle to fathom 
uh, and just the whole thing and like the way Grundy interviewed, he goes, oh, I was happy to stay. And they were mm. like, it's when we don't, basically we don't want you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's almost the, the precursor to what's happened to Brett Ratton, right? It's the same thing. We've just signed you on a massive deal. We think you're great. Wait a second. I just, I've just seen what you've done. Nah, you're out. You know, they, they, I guess just by virtue of the fact that Grundy was injured, they had to find something else. And then what they found was actually serviceable. And they're like, well, why are we paying this guy so much if Darcy Cameron's going to be fine? Did you watch the finals? No. Oh, yeah. It did did not look fine. It did not look fine. Did he get, I was pretty tanked on the day. Did he get absolutely belted by Stanley? No, against the Sydney match. Oh, again, yeah, okay. It just, like, I think they actually won the hitouts, but they were just pathetic. Like, it just, you could sense yeah. they were losing around the ground. I I found it incredibly strange, but um, and it was like Collingwood made it clear they couldn't keep me, they couldn't do this. And it's like, meanwhile, they're picking up Tom Mitchell, they're signing Dan McStay, and you're like, Dan McStay, who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah. And, well, the Tom Mitchell thing's interesting. Apparently, Hawks are still going to pay a big, chunk of that coin anyway yeah i i I understand that part Mm. but it's like i don't know man it just seems completely strange and if this fifth interchange thing's going to come in like uh anyway we're talking about the fantasy aspect he grundy has gone to melbourne Mm. to partner up with max gorn what's what's your take on that situation can't think it's good things um for either of them and it's probably you know this is the second I just want to say it's the second best ruck that was traded this trade period, but it's the probably the the one that's going to hurt, like the two best scorers in fantasy ruck land for years, and this is going to halve them. Not halve them, but it'll be pretty dramatic, I think. Who do you think takes the lion's share of the ruck time there? I think Grundy. Yeah. Because I, I think Gorn is super good behind the ball. He, he's so good when he, he floats in defense and takes contested marks and he's really good when he floats forward as well so why not use that strength and it also probably extends his career you know yeah i actually agree cam and i i think this is the big take is gorn's going to be the guy to shit the bed essentially for fantasy uh i think grundy might still be draftable yep yeah he just brings that little bit of extra risk right like it and we might see it in the preseason and then it sort of locked things away for us, but yeah, wait and see. Yeah, it's um, it's super interesting, but uh, that that'll be my early take as well, Cam. So I'm sort of with you there. We haven't spoken about this, listeners. So yeah, uh, this is completely, um, I don't know, whatever. There's no there's no secrecy. There's no closed door. There's no backroom shenanigans. No, this is all above board. Absolutely. Uh, something that didn't seem above board. <laughs> it just, just makes it seem like it's completely not above board. <laughs> something, that, something that's absolutely, that did not seem above board. Jack Bowes. <laughs> oh, no, that was, that was that's, uh, uh, that's very much ooh. above board. Um, As a Cats fan, that's above board. Absolutely. Yep. I love that uh, Twitter went, post that, that sort of said, here's what the Cats have done to the Suns over oh, the last, it, like, did, it, it looked bad, didn't it? Even I good. saw on I saw on Big Footy the Suns board, and uh, we were we were up in arms. We were like, this is <laughs> this is bad. What's um? Uh, so Jack Bowes had the five games, fifty five Dream Team, sixty three Super Coach. Interestingly, Cam never played twenty games in a season. Mm. And uh, it's really interesting seeing the commentary around this. Some people think he's. Uh, the second coming of Christ, and some people think uh, pick seven was all that the Cats were after. I'm somewhere in the middle. Mm. What are your thoughts, Jack Bowes? I think he's, I, I think he'll be serviceable off the halfback, and if he gets a run through the mid, so be it. But uh, I, I wouldn't say he's going to be like the next superstar of any, you know, by any means. But if you're paying 800 grand a season for a guy who's they're, definitely they're best... Hmm? But they're not. Yeah, they are. No, that, well, that's what was the, what was the deal? It was they, so they have to cover eight hundred each. Yeah, season. but it's been extended to four years. Oh no! They've smoothed it. They've smoothed it. Wow. Okay, that's I mean, great. 
that's right. That's brilliant. He's on average wages now. Yep, average wages. uh, He's best 22, and they're going to get pick seven. So, Is he best 22? Yeah, he will be. Yeah. What do you think his role looks like? Because he wasn't getting midfield time at the Suns. That was the rumor that he wanted to move into it. The Suns have obviously got a pretty locked-in midfield and certainly guys banging down the door before Jack Bowes Mm. um, and probably did him a favor if he didn't want to play off the halfback. Yeah, I I think the opportunity is there for him in the midfield at the Cats. I I think I would say of all of the midfields in the comp, that's one of the least locked-in going into next year outside of the, you know, clusterfucks that are North, Essendon. You know, there's more variability there. But even if he misses there, he'll fall back to a really lush roll off halfback. You know, and, and you know, who does he kick out would be the next question. I think it could be kind of sad times for someone like a Zach Tui, right? So yeah. he's, if he ends up on the halfback, because Zach Tui played a bit of a role throughout the year. So at times he was on the wing, at times he was a full, like a defensive forward. And at other times he, you know, floated back into that, role that he's played throughout his career because he played those roles he's probably the first one that can fall away depending on where Bose fits yeah interesting thing about Bose is he's never really locked in or I guess you could say like he's oh, never really I think like, that's harsh his first his first and the, the year that he came on everyone's fantasy radar he was almost in contention for all Australia team uh, He's fine. Yeah, in the first More half than, of the year, let me say that. So. Anyway, yeah. he, he's been around a while. He's 24. Um, mm. We'll see what can happen. He'll have that defender status probably. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Um, late pick? Oh, for sure. I actually think he's going to go up draft boards pretty quickly in preseason. Really? Depending yeah. what happens. Uh, defender eligible. Sal- like salary, salary darling. Salary darling, uh, um, yeah, almost certainly. I think he's actually pretty well priced in salary. Uh, he'll be like five hundred k, I think. I have no idea what that means, but um, mm. okay. Well, we'll it's see. An amount. It's an it's, amount. It certainly is. Uh, Billy Frampton went to Collingwood, had the six games. Interestingly, averaged a shit ton more than Jack Bowes, with a very nice sixty nine AFL fantasy in eighty two. Super coach, he's played 24 games in his long career. Uh, he did have a couple of fantasy-relevant games this year. Collingwood, interesting landing spot or just a guy? Uh, he had the role in those games, so he was intercepting yeah. defender and he's going to be replacing Roughhead is what I've heard. So that's a key key defensive post, I would have thought. Did you say Mason Roughhead? I hope so. Um, Perfect. Yep. Yeah. Jordan Ruffhead. I did say Mason Ruffhead. Brilliant. Perfect. Absolutely flying. It's the, it's the Euros, mate. It's getting to my head. Yeah, look, Cam, you've been at the Greek Festival. I have. Um, there's a lot of jokes we could make about that, but we're not going to. Other than to say that you're salty. Um, yep, that'll do. <laughs> That's the one <laughs> we're going to I just go don't with. even know where to go from here, so we'll leave it All there. right, so we're going to break it down. The next four players we're going to talk about, which this list is all in order of trades that went pushed through. Four of the top nine picks from the 2015 draft mm. all got traded. One of them has already been traded uh, the, from that draft. So uh, if you're stressing and think you, your club's about to pick the next superstar, think again, because uh, some of these guys were traded for fucking potato chips. Anyway, the most relevant one, Jacob Hopper went to Richmond, 25 years old, as all these gentlemen are. 52% of CBAs, which was massively down from 73% the year before. He played the seven games, averaged 66 Dream Team and 67 Supercoach, which was a 20-plus point slide across both formats. He's only ever once played over 20 games, or 20 games or, or more. Jacob Hopper, he was man. I people thought he was traded for less than his value. I, I'm not a huge Hopper guy. I thought GWS did okay. What they get? So they got a uh, oh, second like a round first pick. and something. Oh, sorry for yeah, 
second round pick and a future first. So I don't, I don't know. Hopper at Richmond. What's the what's the takeaways there? I mean, this year obviously seven games with battling injury. The team was pretty well stacked. They're moving into a new period. Mm. I mean, you can't think it's good signs for Jack Graham, who just resigned. That's bad. Might, that's a bad choice. Um, yeah. So he's or did he resign or he just didn't ask for a trade? He asked for. Oh, I think he looked at a trade and then said Port <laughs> Port Adelaide. Woof. Yeah, he did the tour. Oh, that's like, right. He, no. he arrived there. Because, on, yeah. Did you see the article? It was really weird. They go, "Oh, the lure of Ken, the lure of Ken," and I'm like, "Man, how many dudes traded Port and then said no?" Mm. I don't know. Strange article. Yeah, very strange. I mean, the lure of Ken is just it works on Koshi, and that's about it, right? Like it's, apparently, yeah. Even the fans, Koshi, like Ken, Koshi, Ken. who who we know hates. Uh, terminal cancer patients. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Strange man. It's a. It's strange. A, I mean, he's a weird guy. All on breakfast radio. Anyway, TV. Hopper at Richmond. Good, bad, late pick, upside. I find it really hard to rate the Richmond midfield, to be honest. But you know, I'm, I take what you said last week in regards to something changed at Richmond. They became a little bit more vanilla. So if that's the case, I think Hopper can be a 90s type guy in AFL fantasy and, and potentially higher with the contested possessions in Supercoach. But, I mean, he hasn't really done it. So I'm, I'm pretty not convinced. Yeah, he seems like they like him more in real football than we do in fantasy. It does seem like that. Yeah. Yeah. He might be might... one of those. Like, I'd be happy to have him as an M7. but that's Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's still a lottery ticket of that pick, right? Like you, you, you want him to, you're drafting him in the range that he could, you know, pop out 75 or he might, you know, the upside is definitely there. And I mean, as Cochin gets older, Dusty gets older, you know, there's heaps of opportunity. Prestia just gets injured every week. There's heaps of opportunity. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind him depending on the cost. I can't think he's going to cost too much because he's not a, I wouldn't say he's a household name. You'd also think he's probably burnt people. In the past, because for the last couple of years, you've probably, if you've drafted him, you thought he might go to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And Tom, uh, the Tom next... Green probably on the yeah. side chips in. Yeah. Tom Green. But again, like this is this is the problem is like, I, I, I sort of thought that, but I'm just wary of Pipes Kingsley coming out of Richmond mm. um, and just having the possession tally drop. So, I'd, yeah, I'm with you on the Tom Green thing. Yeah. Um, but you think he but might I'm probably, the ceiling? A I'm bit. just a bit scared of buying in. I'll put it that way. Who would you draft first, Jacob Hopper or Tom Green? No, Tom Green. Yeah. 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 Um, so the next player traded was Aaron Francis. Uh, went to Sydney. Four games for his average was in the 40s. He only played 52 games in the seven seasons. This is what Cal Toomey said about that Essendon draft. Uh, I was... <laughs> Always love going back over the old old drafts. The Bombers couldn't really have gone wrong when they started the night with two top 10 picks, but they nailed their selections. Darcy Parrish is the midfielder they really needed, and Aaron Francis is the utility that should be able to play anywhere. Uh, both will be in the senior team next year and give a big boost to a list that is being refreshed. Mm. Mm. If there's one word I could... Would not use about Essendon. It is refreshed. Yeah. And I mean, there's also another misnomer in there. Aaron Francis is a utility because they haven't used him. <laughs> they haven't well, he's alternated between. He's, <laughs> they have used him between the AFL and the VFL teams. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. That's that's a fair utilization. And that's not to dunk on Cal Toomey. Like, no. I understand they need to have these takes and, and that's fine. So he'll be, I mean... I think they're seeing him as a more forward than anything. And if one of the McCartan boys goes down, then he can float back. Yeah. I'd wait for his All-Australian season next year, Cam. Yep. I think he's ready. Oh, my God. What have we got here? Is Jono in? Is Jono in? Is he? G'day, boys. G'day, listeners. How are we? Sound like dog's balls. You plugged in? Uh, yeah, I'm plugged in. Did you, did you start recording as you jumped on? Yes. What a maestro. Hey, this guy is... Maestro. Well done. And you're What's in that bed. Be pres- 
That is it, yes. I have been, the recording studio has been taken over by Mrs. Crockett and the baby. <laughs> That's a, sounds like a good band, to be honest. <laughs> Mrs. Crockett yeah. and the baby. So I have no idea how this is going to sound this week. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. It sounds like yeah. you got COVID. <laughs> Quite frankly. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, they, I'll bring they, the mic up a bit more. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Hold the mic. Yeah, no, okay. kids are the worst. Uh, Jono, uh, baby fears, as I spoke in the group chat, has decided she likes cricket. Uh, oh, and there was cricket joy. cricket on my television in my own household. <laughs> and uh, it's women's cricket. And the funny thing about women's cricket is that it's almost as bad as men's cricket. Well, you got to tell her the uh, 2020 World Cup starting this Saturday. I hadn't heard anything about it until I saw it on Twitter today. Dude, right? Only reason, only reason I know about it is because I've been betting Aaron Finch unders and it just hits every single time. If you want free money, just bet that. There you go, listeners. Bet away. Bet your house on that shit. Bet your house. It's a lock. Bet your sunken house in uh, central Victoria. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or northern, Tough times. Northern Melbourne. Hope everyone's doing northern okay. Suburbs of Melbourne. In yeah, the shout, out to, shout out to those people in uh, the Chook up on the board. We had, what happened to Dottie? He was up that way. Yeah. He, him for a while. No, he hit me up. Uh, he's doing okay. They were sandbagging that whole region and or that whole city. And he said his his property's good, but yeah, yeah. I suppose we have people in Ararat. They're they're okay, but the course is getting smashed. Anyway, mm. tough times. Oh, we didn't get any of that shit in Portland. Thank God. Johnny, you were all right. I saw some of the courses down there were pretty smashed. Yeah, Thursday night we got pretty smashed. Thompson's Road still flooded, so just, that's about it, really. Yeah. All right, we're going to talk about Sam Wiedemann, Jono. We are talking about oh, Sam. Great intro. Yeah, you love that shit. Anyway, this is what Cal Toomey said about Sam Wiedemann. Uh, they drafted Oliver, blah, blah, blah. They toyed with taking Sam Wiedemann with their first choice. Imagine taking him over Clayton Oliver in hindsight. Whew. But worked out he was going to be there at the second. And he is the perfect partner for Jesse Hogan in attack. <laughs> Uh, awesome. Well, if Peter Wright can win a, I don't know, best and fairest. In, no, this is this year. is this is it when he got drafted. Yeah, yeah, I know that. <laughs> but you know, second club, seven, second club chances. You know, Peter Wright won the best and fairest. And oh, there could be a turnaround for Sam Wiedemann. Do, maybe. Do you think? Maybe. I, I don't know. I think people need to under, like stop seeing Peter Wright's best and fairest as a rise to the top and more of a Bradbury to the top, like. It, I don't think it was him having a great season. It was everyone else shitting the bed completely. Wow. Is that Imagine harsh? hating Gold Coast legend Peter Wright. Mm. See, they could have, Essendon could have done the uh, Brisbane method of best and fairest, and everyone wins it, just like a participation award. Well, they also could have done what you know the Western Bulldogs did and just give it to the player they knew was leaving to up his value. <laughs> That's Absolute. True. That's true. Absolute criminal club, the Bulldogs. I respect yeah. it. St. Kilda, Essendon, hello. <laughs> yeah, wow. Anyway, uh, so you, you taking a late flyer on Sam Wiedemann, Jono? No. No. Not a chance in hell. Okay. So. Maybe if I'm playing VFL, super mm. sure. All right, there we go. Uh, and the last of those illustrious names from the uh, 2015 draft was... Yosh Shaki, who was locked in, going to stay at Brisbane for the long haul, turned that club around on his own back because no one would stay there. How things changed. He's also 25, played the seven games for the Bulldogs. Uh, 51 Dream Team, 43 Supercoach. He's chalked up 60-odd games. What did Cal Toomey say? Oh, no, wait. That was... Oh, was that not that draft? Oh, sorry, I'm looking at the Bulldogs, of course. Why would I be looking at them when I should be looking at Brisbane? Let me just scroll up, listeners, and get to this. This is going to be uh, just gospel. Uh, the Lions will leave the draft as one of the big winners, having fulfilled their need for a quality, young, tall forward. Josh Shackey is known for some time. He will be Lion next year. And his selection at number two gives the club a young, up-and-coming key forward to build around. He might take some time, but he'll get opportunities next year. Uh, he's lucky to still be in the league. Yeah. 
I put it this way: he's too good for VFL, but not good enough for AFL. They've already come out and basically said he's going. Like, we only let Wiedemann go because we could replace Wiedemann with Shacky, and Wiedemann wasn't even, you know, in in the yeah. best twenty-two. So, no, as, as I said, he's too good for VFL, but not good enough for AFL. Tall man syndrome. Hand, so. Yeah, handy, handy backup if you know Brown or McDonald or whoever go down. Yep. Not drafting Josh Shacky anyway. Another bulldog who went to Melbourne, Lockie Hunter. Played the nine games, averaged 76 Dream Team, 71 Supercoach. That's his worst output since 2014. Uh, the year prior, he did average 85 Dream Team and 88 Supercoach. Jono, Lockie Hunter. Yeah, I'm having a bit of a pub chat about this one. It's actually not great if you're like an Ed Langdon owner because he basically had a monopoly on that wing seagull position. Now... They've got Lockie Hunter to fill the other wing role, but they've also said he's going to be doing exactly what he was doing at the Bulldogs. Wing, half-forward, half-back sort of role. So it's not really good in terms of fantasy. We've seen that when he got bevoed into those roles, it really affected his scoring, where he's mainly that seagulling wingman just racking up possessions left, right, and centre. I think they've got so many good young players that it, I can't see them investing a heap of... You know, like Lockie Hunter will be, if he plays in the wing, so be it. But it's it's almost, they wouldn't give opportunity to him over someone like um, Tom Sparrow, for example. You know, they're, in my head, they're, it's a smarter move to build the youngster. Can, so this also, I think, hurts James Jordan as well. Like, he's played yeah, that wing, yeah. half-back role, bit of mid, mid-time as well. So that's who I'm worried about, the James Jordan. I mean, this all, this all assumes that, you know, and it's probably a, Pretty hot take, but that Lockie Hunter is better than those players and gets into the twenty-two. You know, you just—that's true. There's a fair bit of talent there, and it's not like he was breaking down the door in the dogs. He wasn't even in the team. Farted. Uh, the other dog, just your club, just torpedoing into the darkness, John. Like you are <laughs> for some unknown reason, like you're on the investigators or something like that. Uh, Josh Dunkley went to Brisbane. Uh, 22 games, 108 average in both formats. Best and fairest year, four straight years of 100-plus Supercoach average. 2019 was the peak with the 111 Dream Team, 116 Supercoach. 50% of the CBAs, which was fifth in line at the Bulldogs for the midfielders. Whew, Cam, your Brisbane Lions. Mm, it feels like uh, this is one of those trades where there's definite upside on both sides uh, for players. And you know the downside on the Lions will be probably Jared Lyons. Uh, but, you know, any mid-time there is probably squash. I would have thought. Uh, and Dunkley, you know, could potentially be maintain his average from this year going to a new club. And then the, the flip side, looking at the dogs, you've got to think that it's going to help people like McRae. It, it's someone, you know, he potentially gets more on the inside. Bailey Smith, even. Bailey Smith. Even like liver, you know, like really simple mm. thing like liver getting more, um, you know, less of a role and more of a you know, in and under could help his scoring. What do you think, Johnny? You're the Bulldogs yeah. guy. Yeah, no, I agree. It's even um, he's probably going to get a heap of salary cap hype. Is Toby McLean, and they've also earmarked um, Riley West for a bit of inside bid time as well. So it could be a late speculative pick. Could have forward status with mm. Riley West as well, and I'd say Toby McLean would too as well. I think he, did, he will for sure. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think Toby McLean's good enough? Like, will he actually play? He's Josh Dunkley light. Well, I'm re- he'll be fine. Yeah. He'll be fine. But you know, people are expecting him to slot straight into the Dunkley role. But the only thing stopping him is where Dunkley can take a mark inside fifty yeah. and kick a goal. Dan McLean's relying more on the crumb than taking that mark. So. Similarly, Riley West, though. Like, so if they, yes. yeah, yeah, so it'd be them too. I'd say. Yeah, I think it's really interesting looking at the Brisbane side of things, um, and I would agree that I think Dunkley should be good again. Uh, I'm not sure it's great for some of these other guys. Like we saw Hugh McCluggage play more inside than ever, and he was. Really good. 
some people saying that's going to be great for him, like it'll Dunkley will free him up. I'm I I can't see how it is. Mm. Uh, and you look at some of these other young talents they got. I can only imagine uh, a year removed from the the knee, Cam Rayner. They put him in the midfield a fraction more. They've got Gunston as well in the forward line. Don't forget. Um, Zach Rayner gets a bit more a go. I, I'm not a huge Zach Bailey in the midfield guy like Stato. Mm. Uh, I saw Jared Berry get that run at the end of the season. Mm. With uh, I mean, Jared Lyons is out of the equation completely for me. Yeah. So I kind of look at it and go, look, not everyone's going to be better. Mm. Uh, so to me, Hugh McCluggage is a, just takes a step back unless they want to run a wider range. And in, 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 in that case, it hurts Dunkley, theoretically. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm just... Uh, I like Dunkley, but I'm, I'm a bit down on McCluggage. Is there a reason why their core three mids won't be McCluggage, Neil, and Dunkley? No, there's there's not. There's not. And and that could still happen, but that doesn't mean you can't take a step back. Like, is yeah. Josh Dunkley better than Jared Lyons? Mm. Yes, probably. Yes. Is Cam Rayner probably going to get more spell through the middle? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They, they can all still be there, but I, I mean, is human cluggage an all Australian level wingman, even though he didn't get selected there? Mm. <laughs> of course he is. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, the next move was Ollie Henry to Geelong, uh, 15 games, subs included. Without the subs, he averaged about 50 in both formats. Probably okay. bad news for Gary Rowan. Going forward, we need a Gary Rowan replacement. Like no, I, I can't. Thirty odd, yeah, for sure. So he'll end up being in that forward role. Can't see him averaging more mm. than eighty at his best. I bet he has to work his ass off to replace Gary Rowan too. Yep, yeah, needs at least two possessions. Grand final here. Oh, I don't think it's all about possessions with uh, what well, Gary Rowan. Be. It definitely exactly. Can't be. <laughs> and hey, he got him there too. And for sure, he, like his tackling pressure was like immense. Some of the footage of him running to the defensive 50, chasing the ball is crazy, but yeah. He kicked goals to get him in there. Yeah. Ah, you're a fucking <laughs> hater. Uh, Cooper Stevens went to Hawthorne, former first-round pick. Uh, 32% CBAs when he did play. Uh, seven games, 37 and 38. Without With the subs removed, he averaged 50. 2019 draft, uh, so he's taken a while to come on. But did land in a pretty, pretty good spot. Cooper Stevens, Cam, you would know him like the back of your hand. Well, if you... Not your wanking hand. Oh, the, yeah. The one that holds the magazine. That, well, know. I don't know the other one then. That's Kids have magazines. Away. They probably don't have magazines. I don't think they have days. magazines. Yeah. 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 Be on iPads and iPhones now, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, mini sc- anyway, Cooper Stevens is... <laughs> um, <laughs> he's... Fine. I, I think if you listen to a Hawk supporter talk about Cooper Stevens, he'll tell you he's the second coming of Joel Selwood. If you listen to a Cats player talk about or a Cats fan talk about Cooper Stevens, he, he's a he's a guy. Like he's he's just a guy. He's Troy Selwood. Yeah, that's a that's not bad. Troy Selwood. It's a happy landing spot. Do you take a punt or is it like just mid only? Who gives a shit? Yeah, maybe keepers. Maybe a keeper stash for the year and just see what plays out. I think speculative keepers and, and maybe yeah. a bench flyer in redraft just because, it, you know, who knows what their midfield looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, we'll get on to this. This is the Hawks, the two big mm. outs, O'Meara and Titch. This is just massive, massive news for fantasy. So, um, been pretty consistent, the Hawks. He had the 21 games this year, 82 average in Dream Team and 85 Supercoach. He had the 61% CBAs, which is down from 73 the year before. The worst average he's had at the Hawks since, I think, his first year when he was coming back from the the knees. O'Meara went to Frio. Really, in my opinion, couldn't be much better of a landing spot. Yeah, big body mid. I think he'll be, I think he'll be fine down there. I think he'll be fine. How how did his role change this year, Amira? Outside, more so outside. He moved outside. Oh, it, like I said, it's not massive. Twelve mm. percent. That's not a huge drop. It's this is the thing is like Hawthorne 
became below average for disposals, he yeah. still maintained his tackles and marks. Really consistent. He's going to the highest disposal averaging team that lost uh, an inside mid, David Mundy, and people don't kid me, he, he still took a lot of CBAs. Lost a wingman like Acres. Like, this is a happy landing spot for a guy who can play inside and out like O'Meara. Yeah, I hear you. And I agree with you. Um, and I think the easy take is to say, oh, Will Brody's going to fall off the face of the planet. But he only played 69% time on ground average for the entire year. Like, there's not. Yeah. It, it, it's hard to take more time on ground away from him unless he's out of the team, you know. And if he still plays that. Can't play anywhere else on the ground. He's probably just going to be doing well, the same thing. Well, if they go thing. five to the bench, then that's probably even less time well, for Well, him. yeah. Let's not talk about that, please. That would suck. But, yeah, that, that's it. I think maybe he maintains, actually, and, and he could be a draft slider. Yeah, I, I just think he picks up, actually, into the mid-90s without too much drama. I don't think anything has to change at, at Frio, to yeah. be honest. I don't think Will Brody has to lose. Yeah, because there's no. people who have... Well, and it'll be five. I would think that that loses. Well, Fife can actually win because he had he had no mid time. Yeah. So. Mm. Anyway, the other the other piece of the puzzle, Tom Mitchell, Brownlow medalist, went to Collingwood for just nothing. Mm. Uh, his midfield time tanked from seventy percent down to fifty three percent. The average he played the twenty one games, ninety six Dream Team, ninety two Super Coach, which was down twenty and twenty five points. On the year prior, fantasy freako loves Tom Mitchell next year. Apparently, there's a lot of social talk about Tom Mitchell next year, and he's going to a team that's the worst for clearances. Maybe, maybe that's then, why. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and not great, a not great fantasy team either. So, like, he'll be fine, but I don't expect one twenties again. He'll probably float around the hundred mark. I'm not happy with that. I think it's it's hard to see him going less than, just because the you know as far as good landing spots go, that you know you there, there was it? there was so there's so many mids that can kind of do what he does, like get well, in. They're still playing Pendle Pendle through that midfield. Taylor Adams is on one leg half the time. Yep. What's something that Tom Mitchell does? He plays. So you know, I'm not expecting 115. I'll, 105. Yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, but the talk of him going back to 120 is ridiculous. I just, I, you draft him at 1.5 and be really happy if he goes more. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, well, if people are expecting, I guess there's all the values gone then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't expect the world. What's interesting is, I remember in the preseason, Craig McRae was like, yeah, we want to run this really wide midfield rotation, and and they just didn't. Mm. They just didn't. It was tighter than I thought it was. Um, Hawthorne weren't happy for fantasy. Collingwood obviously aren't happy for fantasy. I want to talk about the other side. Jai Newcomb, what the hell can he be? All this has gone out. He's the prime midfielder. Uh, I know the talk will be about Josh Ward and, and some of these other young guys, but can, can John you can become a primo mid? Uh, it'll take a big step to it next year. Take a real big... What did he average this year? About 90s, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, another year in the gym. His third year. So, yeah, third year. He's 23, I would have thought. 20... Yeah, he can't. He's, he was mature age. Mature age, okay. Um, oh, well, then he should have a good base and another, so, another preseason. So, John Newcombs turns 22 oh, before 22. the season. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I could see 100, hundreds plus. He could could be really good, but I, I think... Where the value 80, is 87 average. I think he can take elite, but I, my, I'm focusing more on Dylan Moore than I am on... Newcomb, you know, like if Newcomb's going to be, you know, he could be really good. Could be super, super. Could be like a um, Ben Keys type breakout year where he's not like the best player, most talented player around, but there's no one else doing that role. Whereas Dylan Moore is going to be forward eligible and 
if he gets more midfield rotation, which he can, for sure he can. Yeah, he could be. He's already potentially going into next year as the highest averaging AFL fantasy forward, depending on where DPPs land. Oh, so there's no value. Well, I, I just think there's upside. So that you know, even if people might look at the forwards if after DPPs and say, "Oh, there's no value. There's no no good forwards. You're not going to draft a forward till round six or seven. And you think you could pop like a 108, Josh Dunkley? I think he can go a hundred for sure. Hmm. See, I don't see. To me, I look at Newcomb, who's coming in with say eighty-seven, and go. He could go a hundred-ish, mm. maybe even better if all the chips align and he turns into that player. Whereas Dylan Moore's gone in the first say three rounds. Yeah. Um, irrespective. Uh, yeah, I hear you that there's there's more yeah. value to Newcomb, but um, yeah, I think I think there's more. Yeah. Okay. Very what about fun. Warple? Experienced yeah. body. Just terrible with it. Like, just terrible. I kind of want to give him a second chance. <laughs> um, a third or fourth everyone, or everyone, chance. We, we, we just always get asked about Warple. Yeah. And I always just think it's that good memory. Everyone had him that year. Tom yeah. Mitchell was injured. And, and they got the spoils in, in salary especially. And I, I know a lot of people have had him in draft that year. But I can see it where he's not terrible yeah for sure the, the worst thing is yeah, that yeah. sam mitchell doesn't talk about him favorably and <laughs> it's not it's not good <laughs> but you look at it he was given every opportunity yeah. even then when they weren't playing titch in that midfield and he just went amber heard like yeah oh there was that freak game wasn't there where he, he basically had like three possessions or something that was uh correct was not good yes um yeah i don't know I, i'd probably take a late flyer in minute anyway like the, Who would pre-season you season watch? Pre-season would you, watch. Would you take a flyer on Ward or Warple? Say so Josh Ward from from the Hawks. Is is Ward any chance of DPP? I wouldn't have thought so. Mm, no, no. I'd go. I'd probably go Ward as well, but I, I wouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> probably Ward. What about you, Steve? There you go. Yeah, no, I would, I would also go. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd take a forward. Yeah. <laughs> not, not answering that. Uh, anyway, what uh, the last trade was uh, Rory Lobb went to Jono's Bulldogs. 19 games, 66 average in Dream Team. 82 in Supercoach. Hasn't played 20 games since 2016. Yeah, look, yeah, do, he was, uh, he'll play back up to Tim English. In demand, he'll, play, he'll have his ruck minutes. He'll be up forward. I mean, the similar role that he had when he was at Fremantle. Man, I reckon this is great news for Tim English. This is the best news you could have gotten as a Tim English yeah. owner. Like, this isn't a guy who's a ruck. This is a guy who plays forward yeah. and pinches, pinches yeah. in the ruck. You look at what's happening across oh, the absolutely. ruck landscape, yeah. across the league. This should be like, yeah, Tim English is the ruck. This is it. Yeah. So I was thinking the same thing, and... Like you reflect on how Lobb complimented Darcy, right? So Darcy still had the majority of like the lion's share of the ruck, was still able to score pretty well when he, you know, in most games came and out with a pretty English good average again. Ben, well. she'll rest forward. It'll be the same for English, except for English is better around the ground than Darcy. She'll be fine. Oh, he'll be awesome. Not fine. He'll be awesome. English. Yeah, I think he'll be, uh, you know, really good. If anything, this pushes him past Romar for me. Really? Cause, well, because Romar, you have no idea. Like, they could do anything. Jack Hayes is coming back. Yeah, Watch I mean, Tom, Tom Campbell is just waiting. That was a dog. In the wings, he's like waiting. a snake. He's, he's like ready. a snake. <laughs> what was that? That was a dog. Yeah. Um, Mate, you missed talking about it only happened in the Lloyd Meek. <laughs> oh, didn't we have, didn't I have Meek on here? Didn't we do him last week? The, the best Ruckman that got traded in the trade period, man. Oh, is that your take? Is That's it my take. Lloyd is Meek. that your gag? It's my gag. I only got done no? in the second week. Did we do... So. Well, t- tell us about Lloyd Meek. I'm pretty sure certain yeah, we did him last week. Did we? Last minute. He's gone in the Hawks. Yeah. He'll, hey? he'll be fighting with Reeves. 
Oh, did he? That. Yeah, he was super, super. He was in the Omira trade, I yeah. think. Oh, okay. I got to jump. Yeah. So he's like the you, you read go. the headline and not the the second line. No, I went through trade tracker. Yeah, I'm on I'm it right thinking. now. It's in. It's literally comma Lloyd Meek joins all. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, I must have been on the alt-right trade news Oh, page. sorry, yes, yep. Uh, <laughs> they, yeah, don't recognize, they don't recognize the meek. The meek. Uh, so he, I think he's going to be, could be okay at Hawthorne. Depends if. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> glad we got to that. Yep. It was, look, it's, I'm, I'm glad that the listeners got to hear it. <laughs> what does that uh, mean for Sean Darcy? <laughs> Just had an emergency. Just had an emergency. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just about to do the same thing. I was supposed to. This is supposed to be a tight pod. It's now seven fifty-five right. my time, and Ollie's well, supposed to be in get bed. I'll answer, I'll answer the questions. That's fine. You can do that. Yeah, I can do that. That's fine. Awesome. Okay, thanks, man. The good thing I'm still on the pod stay. <laughs> Fucking. All right. See All you right. guys. See you. Maddie Rental. Me and my mates Damo and Sauce have a niche radio show about AFL trades. I love it. It's my time to shine. Uh, but we only get three weeks a year to do our show. I'd love it all year round, but trade period is only two weeks, which sucks. How do you keep listeners with nothing to talk about? It's uh, it's all smoke and mirrors, Matty. It's all smoke and mirrors. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. You get a loyal core base and, um, you know, your fans will eat up anything. Uh, one of our loyal fans, we got big cocks. For keeper leagues, do you just get whoever West Coast pick up? I mean, is there any other team with that many midfield spots up for grabs with Redden retiring and Shuey other oldies perpetually injured? I would have thought Hawthorne was the primo spot for, for teams that have mid mid spots available, like uh, Titch and Jager just out of there. Seems about as good as it gets. I guess you could say GWS with... Uh, the mids out of there as well, but I don't think any of them were super locked into the midfield. So that's a, that's probably another interesting one. But Hawthorne would be, be the team I targeted. Frio did lose some dudes as well. So probably another team I'd, I'd look at there. Russ, will the player Geelong draft with pick seven get a game for the Cats before Bows? Uh, I wouldn't have thought so. I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, Frio, AFL, who had the worst trade period and why is it the Suns? Yeah, it's probably the Suns, but I'd also say St. Kilda didn't have a great trade period. um, Obviously, they've just moved on from Brett Ratton, but for a team who is seemingly forever stuck in the middle ground, to not do anything is is probably infuriating for, for supporters. Uh, he also says thoughts on the Frio midfield next season, fantasy wise. Yeah, I think we just spoke about O'Meara's possibly a value coming in with that mid eighties average. I think he could push over uh, over ninety. Uh, I don't see why it's not status quo otherwise, unless um, Fife gets back in there, which would be good. He should have forward status either way, so he, he certainly won a target. I know the injuries are a thing, uh, and, and maybe you look at. Uh, Erasmus as well uh, if it becomes five on the bench any thoughts on what that could do for scoring yeah I reckon it's terrible I think teams will move to this two ruck system you might see some midfield midfield time tank for the pure inside mids who can't do anything else like say hoppers guys like, who, who are already sort of doing it like Will Brody uh, and, and Matt Crouch I know Matt Crouch hasn't played but that sort of thing so you might see some guys midfield time tank if they can't be versatile Miller time on a scale of 1 to 10. How relieved are you guys to have actual content this week? Uh, we had content last week. So, um, I don't know. It's mean. Miller time. Ninja Spoon. Thoughts on Jack McRae with no Dunkley and no Hunter? Does he bounce back or is he just a 90 to 95 guy now? It's uh, It's got to be good news. It can't be bad news for Jack McRae. Uh, I know Stato's still pretty keen on him to, to become one of the primo guys. Uh, you'll probably get him at a second-round value now. So be interesting to see where he goes uh, close to the draft season. But, yeah, he can certainly bounce back, bounce back unless there's some change at the Bulldogs. 
Steve, with Gondi happening, money better spent elsewhere than on two premium rucks now, Steve. That's a salary cap question. I don't care for it. Carla, don't know why, but lines have come to mind. Also, not sure what trades period you mean, but I have general queries. Well, it's the, the trades period that just, just happened, Carla, where people are traded. Do you ever see a time where Danaher might be fantasy relevant? No. Also, with Dunkley's arrival at the Den, how do you see it affecting Berry, Rayner, and Bailey? Yeah, so I'd, I'd be cautious about Bailey getting that inside mid-time, so he might be a streaming option. Jared Berry, uh, really tough. He uh, probably looks to be a wing player, in my opinion. And Cam Rayner probably is that forward who pinch hits through the midfield in my eyes. Now, that doesn't mean I know what the hell I'm talking about. So for fantasy, I think it caps a guy like Rayner. Uh, because he's probably not primed to go through there all the time, and it probably it probably caps all of them. That's the that's the tr- the truth. When you get a locked in inside midfielder, it's going to hurt the the peripheral players. So all those three are, are certainly guys who it's going to hurt uh, in my eyes early days. Tappy thoughts on Omira, Warple, and Hunter in keeper. So I'm kind of okay on Omira this year. I think he's got some upside. It's a good landing spot. Warple, again, has upside like we spoke about, um, but it's not a given. And Hunter, yeah, it's, I don't know. The guy might have spent his petrol tickets already, so. Golden features. Do we expect a Tom Mitchell bounce back uh, or does going to the Pies kill any hope of that? I mean, it's interesting looking at the Pies and, and Hawthorne. Neither of them were big fantasy scoring. I can see a world where he bounces back, but it's probably not to the levels that we saw before. Collingwood, their, their system just doesn't, probably isn't going to allow that. Uh, so a full bounce back, probably not, but the guys are sort of talking about that 105, 100 range. I think he'll be drafted before that sort of range, so he'll be drafted at the high end of that. So the value there probably doesn't exist. So we'll see what happens there uh, closer to draft season uh, once people start drafting and where the salary cap lies. Again, uh, Fantasy Freako was very uh, clear on what he thought about uh, Tom Mitchell bouncing back. He was very, very keen. So we'll see what happens there. Rodrigo Suarez just says Warple. That, yeah, it's look, it's a good point. Um so he's probably one of those bigger bodies who can suck up in, inside midfield time. So if the young guys are getting bashed around, but again, I'd be pretty keen on on a Josh Ward to break out. So we'll see what happens at Hawthorne there. Frio also asks about NFL. Where the fuck is Keenan Allen? Uh, it's a good point. I have Keenan Allen in my home league. <laughs> he's non-existent. I think he's back next week. Which AFL player is likely to be an Allen Robinson? Highly rated guy. Had one bad season. Moved teams. Hyped and forgiven only to suck again. Um, Hopper. Hopper, maybe? Seems like... Seems about right. He was he was down this year, and I could see him just not being the guy at Richmond. That um, might be harsh. I don't mind Jacob Hopper, but he might not be great for fantasy. So, anyway, that's all the questions we had. But uh, we'll see you guys next week. We'll come up with something. Sorry about the guys having to jump off and being stuck with me, but we'll get through it. We'll get through it. It's all good. We're we're Suns fans. We're tough. Um, And, yeah, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Draft Doctors Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review.